Hello once again, everybody. I'm the Common Sense American, and this week we're going to talk about the coronavirus, mostly because I had it, or, well, still have it, I believe. Um, and also, uh, I think it's really important this time because not just that it affects me. This is That's anecdotal. That's a personal thing. Obviously, this affects the entire planet. Uh, first of all, uh, to those who say it doesn't exist or it's a fake or a fine, it exists. Of course, it exists. I think, I think we all know it exists. The problem, of course, is uh, the media and the government and their just undying desire to jam fear uh, down our throats. And I'm, I'm just going to start with that because this really needs to be reiterated. When you see headlines related to this disease, it's the, the transparency of the goals is obvious. You know, you're never going, you very rarely are going to see headlines that say, you know, everything's getting better, uh, that, you know, vaccine rollouts are really improving everything, numbers are dropping like crazy. The instant there's a rise, they're plastered everywhere and it's the end of the world, and that's exactly how it's phrased. And so, and the other thing we'll do is if you just look at the statistics, the overall statistics, nationwide, worldwide, pick one, if you did that, and said, okay, we need to create a story out of this. You know you're going to have to be spin doctor here. You know you're going to have to look at these stats and go, well, if we just showed them these stats, nobody's going to be scared because it's statistically obvious that the only people who are even have a, the remotest statistical chance of dying from this are the elderly and infirm, just like most major diseases. This is really nothing new. This is a bad flu. This is, you know, it's like a a bad case of pneumonia for, for a very old person, which is very dangerous. And yes, it affects the respiratory system, which is even more dangerous for people uh, who are not in good condition, who, who suffer from lung problems, people who are obese, which we have plenty of. So, of course, it's hitting us harder. Um, I've made that point many times before. But the way they're doing this is is very it's, – it's clear. It's uh, They should be embarrassed. Um, but this is how they keep their jobs. This is This is a business. Just like the medical profession is a business. They want you to be afraid. The more afraid you are, the more likely you are to click on their links and listen to their uh, broadcasts and watch the channels and react and do what it is they tell you you're supposed to do. Uh, if they say, oh, look, the, you, when the numbers start going down, you really have to look for news on it. When there's not much to talk about and everything's in decline, it's like it disappeared. You can't even you can't even find it. The instant they find one, that's it. It's it's an explosion, and you will see that. At, you know they'll run all these uh, sob stories about how uh, you know a 17 year old died from it and his whole life story and how this is terrible and oh the Trump administration basically killed him or uh, you know you'll have another a police officer very young and healthy at age 33 and he's dead. They had to scour the nation to get these stories because, of course, it is extremely rare for that to happen and that we have a 99.3 or 4% survival rate with this thing. And that includes the people who are much more uh, likely to be stricken, struck, struck down by this. And that's the elderly and the infirm. And uh, as many have said, around the world, in other countries, as well as certain states in this union, they have said very clearly, said, look, we, this was a mistake. What we needed to do is take very good care of the people who were going to be vulnerable to this particular disease and let everyone else go about their business, which is absolutely what needed to happen. The lockdowns are ridiculous. The masks are 
I'm going to quickly make an argument here for that they're not anywhere near as effective as as the experts are trying to make you think. Um, I, I think in general, for the past year, we have seen a campaign of fear and control that the likes of which we've never seen before. They used it to help springboard Democrats into the White House. They used it to gain a firmer grasp on the people of this country. And they're going to use it in the future to basically uh, force you to take certain things you may not want to take, like vaccines, and make them mandatory. Now, that is a very slippery slope. Where does that end? What, do we think this is going to be the last one of these diseases? You think you're ever going to get rid of this entirely? You can't keep reacting like one case pops up, you lock everything down again. We can't do that. This is not the biblical plague. People don't die from this statistically that are not vulnerable to it, and there are bazillions of those. You can't keep reacting this way. This is a mass overreaction, and it doesn't work. All it does is harm the entire economy, harm the country, mess up morale, mess up business. It's just a colossal, disgusting, fall-apart mess, and it's only going to get worse... And the slippery slope is that every time something like this comes now, you're, it's just going to be masks and vaccines, masks and vaccines. And you can't do anything unless these happen. Where's the line? This thing basically kills nobody statistically. Again, look at the stats. A bad case of pneumonia will rip right through a nursing home and cause the, pretty much the same damage. So if that's the case, then this is going to keep happening. This will never go away. This is a precedent. This is, this is a trendsetter. This is the government and Democrats basically saying, we own you. And we're going to tell you how things are going to go. We're going to pass laws to this effect. Now, I will add to those of you who are just firmly dead set against all vaccinations, uh, you, maybe you don't remember or maybe, maybe you didn't get them. Maybe you were too old, but certainly my generation and, and those behind me got vaccinations for polio and mumps and measles. And it was sort of required to go to school and those are very good things, and they work out very well, and those are diseases that just ran rampant in, at certain periods in this country's history and caused a lot of suffering and a lot of deaths. And um, uh, we're, we're pretty thankful to have those, aren't we? I mean, how can we say we're not? Uh, the fact that they're mandatory, nobody seems to really have an issue with because they work so well and they're effective in essentially eliminating these diseases from the face of the earth. I mean, they're still out there. You could feasibly still get it uh, if you don't get the vaccination, obviously, uh, but they do seem to work. Um, this is different, however. This is, they're not, they have not been able to nail this down for the same reason that flu vaccinations don't work and never have. And they're lying to you if you, if they say they do. They can only guard against that particular strain of flu. You are injected with a particular strain that will guard you against that strain. Now, that does you no good if there are other strains floating around and you happen to come in contact with them, you'll just you'll still get sick. And they can't even be, they won't admit it, but they don't know which strains are going to be out any given year. They have no clue. They're basing they're taking an educated guess on what they think will be the most uh, dominant one for, for the winter or whatever and say, okay, here's your vaccine. Whatever. A, you can still get sick from it. And B, the sheer number of those strains, it just keeps increasing. So it becomes less and less effective as time goes on. And uh, you're looking at something now with this where you're, go you're already seeing other strains. They're going to say that the first vac uh, vaccine is effective against the different strains, but there's almost no guarantee that it's going to continue to be effective against more mutated strains, which is going to continue to happen. And the bottom line is there is no vaccine. 
for this kind of thing that works as well as your body's antibodies. There isn't one. I've spoken to medical experts about this, and they absolutely agree with that. If you get it and beat it, you're better off than getting a vaccine. The idea that you'd have to take a vaccine after getting it and beating it is utterly absurd. Don't do that. That's just wrong. Um, so let me let me just get to my thing here. Um, my my parents own a business, uh, a small business, and uh, it was right around right after Christmas where one of the employees who's just flat out diligent. In fact, the whole staff is everybody. The owners were we're all. They're very, they were very, very careful from the start, and they are on the front lines. You know, they wipe everything down, sanitize everything, wear masks all the time, uh, do curbside service, don't allow more than a certain number of people in the store. Had to follow the rules because we're in a draconian state, and you have no choice. Thankfully, it considered a an essential business because there's grocery involved, so you, you can stay open. It actually did wonders for for the business. Uh, however, again, on the front lines, very difficult to avoid. And one of the employees tested positive the week after Christmas. Um, and she's usually very, very uh, diligent about keeping her mask on and washing everything. And she got it. She believes she got it at a doctor's office, which is very, very possible, where she had her mask off. And I wouldn't be surprised in the least. But anyway, uh, so my father got a little freaked out about it. Uh, you know, my parents aren't, aren't what you would call elderly. They're in very good condition for their age. They work a lot. Um, but of course, this is the kind of thing that can shut down your business, and they'll say, "Okay, that's it. You can't be open. You got Everyone's got to go home, and all that stuff." Obviously, this employee stayed home, but you can't have it spread like wildfire throughout the whole staff and the owners, and you have to close the business. That would be just financial suicide. And so, my father went and quickly got tested. He came back negative, and if he came back negative, then everybody would be fine in my family because that's the only way I'd ever get it, or my brother because. I don't work at the store. I don't go anywhere near those employees. He'd be the only one. And so he tested negative and we figured, okay, fine. Thing is, he did it very, very quickly. He did it almost too, he did it too soon. He did it like the day after she told him that she was infected. And you, you know, this, there's an incubation period. It takes a little time. And the week after that, we all got sick. Um, my father first, although it was very slight for him. Now, the big thing about this uh, is uh, it's, very clear that it takes very different forms in different people. Now we're all in very the same. Uh, we're the same family. We're we're very close confines. The, the strain that whatever it is, which whichever COVID strain we got, obviously is the same strain because it's just we all got sick at the same time from the same thing. Um, so it's the same strain, but it manifested itself very differently in all of us. Um, that's the weird. There's it's a very weird disease. I'm going to get into that. It, it hit my father first, and he just he had a fever, a little bit of a fever for the first day, and it didn't really bother him much. He felt pretty bad the next day, and that was kind of it. He didn't have anything else. He didn't really have much of a sore throat. He didn't have any breathing issues. He didn't have any cold issues. And aside from the fever and some bad aches, he had aches in his shoulders and back, you know, like you would get with the flu. It, it just sort of came and went for him. It never came back. His was the, the mildest of the bunch. Uh, my brother uh, got it, um, and he was... Pretty sick for several days. Again, the kind of sickness that you feel is a flu. You got the fever, you got some chills, and uh, there wasn't any nausea, some headaches. I had headaches. Um, but his issue was coughing, a bad, bad cough for a while. So bad that he really couldn't even talk for more than you know three seconds without hacking. And that it took a while to go away. Um, but that was it. I mean, even when he was still coughing, he was feeling okay. He was getting over it. Uh, it wasn't anything more than any particular other kind of bad cold or flu he would have ever had, as he said. Um, and for my part, 
uh, it came on, you know, I felt bad for one day. I, it immediately started with, I had a bad headaches and eye strain. It was obviously pressure in my head and uh, sort of weird fever, a little, not much. It was obviously elevated, but it wasn't terrible. Um, and, you know, I had a cough, uh, not much of anything else, uh, you know, and I had that ache. I had that, it was very, it was rough and the upper shoulders and back areas, you know, you always get that achiness when you get the flu. It was like that, just pretty bad, but it was only maybe 48 hours, something like that. Um, and then I, you know, I quickly started to feel better. I was, I actually missed one day of workouts. I missed a Friday and the weekend I probably wouldn't have worked. I don't work out anyway on weekends, but I, I probably wouldn't have. Um, and, you know, but I really only felt bad, actually bad, as in I wouldn't go to work that day or whatever for like maybe one or two days. The symptoms sort of hung on for a little while. But anyway, uh, what's weird about it uh, is I still do get occasionally a, a bit of a shortness of breath that I wouldn't normally. Um, I was, I have been prone to asthma. I'm prone to certain things like certain gases, uh, like things that are packaged in a certain way with certain, again, they use certain gases and things like that when they package things. So for example, I got a brand new desk many years ago and uh, it's all, you know, it's all packaged like crazy. It's mahogany, it's wood, and they got to package this stuff in a certain way. And when I, when we open everything up, I had to take all the drawers out and air them out in another room because it made me lightheaded and dizzy and cough. It was, it was bad. And that, that's the kind of thing I can react to. It's why I kind of need like a hypoallergenic pillow. It's, it's that kind of thing. And I always know what it is. You know, I always know I'm around something like that. I can tell it's starting to get to me. I never really stops me from doing anything. It's just annoying. And, um, so I had a bit of that. I haven't touched that, but the weird thing is that it's been about well over six weeks now. And, um, the, 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 there's still a ricocheting fever, a temperature of sorts that it's never there during the day now, except sometimes at night, all of a sudden I'll just start to feel cold. And it's, again, it's not bad. It's mild, but it's enough so that I, I dress much more warmly than I would. Cause I just, I feel, I don't feel right. And it only lasts for a few hours. It's bizarre. And then you, then you feel again. And then at night, like clockwork, uh, for a while. And then it started to taper off and then it came back and it tapes off and it comes back. I'll go like five, six days without having it happen, and then it'll happen like two, three nights in a row where I'll fall asleep, and then almost exactly one hour later, I'll wake up in a cold sweat. And I don't feel bad. I don't feel particularly cold. It's just, it was like a bout. It was like my body's fighting it, and it just fought it off for that hour, and that was it. I go back to sleep, and I'm fine. And it doesn't happen for the rest of the, for the night, and that's it. But again, it's like clockwork. It shows up exactly one hour after I fall asleep, no matter when it is that I fall asleep, and i am got sweat all around my upper... Uh, chest and head, you know, and, and the pillow's wet and it's just weird. And again, it's not, I don't feel bad. It's just there and it's obvious and it's wrong. And the other thing is that, um, I, I take very good care of myself. I'm, I'm <clears throat> I consider myself an amateur athlete of sorts, even at my age and I work out constantly and I row and I bicycle and I hike and I do all this. And I lift weights and I'm, I'm very in tune with my body. So I always know when something's off. Um, and, I've also take a very good, I take a close look at my pulse rate. Now, my resting pulse rate, if I'm right, if I'm normal, 100%, is in the mid 40s. And um, when this, when I was fighting this, I knew something was coming in because the night before it came on, my pulse rate was very elevated. It was close, it was around 60. Now, for a lot of people, that's normal, it's even great. But for me, that's way too high. And something's up. It means your body's fighting something. And it was that way for a while while I was fighting this off. Um, and, but it will still happen. You know, I'll be lying down and, 
and I watch TV or something, and my my pulse rate just won't come down. It will not come down into the into the normal range in the mid forties where it's supposed to be. It'll stick up there in the in the low to mid fifties. Uh, I have been able to pull it back down in the past few weeks, a few nights where it's back down where it needs to be, 45, 46. And I've seen it. I've, I've recorded it. I said, okay, it's getting better. And then it'll happen again. You know, a few days will go by and I'll get that those night sweats and the uh, pulse rate will jump again. So it's just a bizarre disease. I, I, I will reiterate that at no point I don't feel bad. It's these just weird little things that keep hanging around and hanging around. They never go away. Um, eventually they will. Obviously, it does help that it's very cold and it's winter here, so it's more difficult to, to fight these things off, I guess. Um, but first of all, if this is what we're all shutting things down for, by the way, let me add, my mother had it the worst of all. She had terrible joint pain. She was very sick, but she never, nobody was ever hospitalized. She didn't need to be hospitalized. She just had, she lost her voice. She had like no sense of taste and her terrible joint pain, like shooting pain in her joints. Um, again, it went away. Uh, it didn't last that long. She actually recovered relatively quickly, um, you know. But it's pretty much over. It's done. And 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 if this is what we're shutting things down for, this is idiotic. I mean, this 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 is this is nuts. There's no reason. I mean, I get. I know. I'm in better shape than normal. And my family's in you know probably better shape than normal too. They're not you know the athlete status, I guess, like I am, but they're in plenty good condition. And I understand that it's much easier to fight anything off when you're in better condition and that this can still be deadly for people who aren't. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that the majority of people should be able to deal with this thing. And especially as the statistics, as the statistics, I can't say the word, statistics, thank you, as they indicate, as it's very clear that they indicate, People between, you know, the ages of, you know, 2 and 60, this is really not a thing. We all need to get it, get over it, get the antibodies, and move the hell on. Now, as for the masks, we all wore masks during this. We really did. Now, we didn't wear masks in the house, and I, obviously that's how it could spread. But that's not, doesn't explain how our employee got it, doesn't explain how she spread it to my father, because they would only be in contact when they were wearing masks. In the, in the workplace, Wearing masks, keeping things all you know sterilized and everything. So that's bizarre. And here's the other thing. I will tell you this. If you get this thing and you have a mask that's not disposable that you wear, you know, consistently, throw that thing out if you were wearing it at any point when this got you. Because I have a couple masks that are not disposable that I've, that I've been wearing. And I, I wash them. I wash them... And, hot water and, you know, in the washer and dryer. I've washed them several times. And even now, if I put that on, if I put one of these masks on, I will immediately get symptoms. Almost immediately. Like, as soon as that mask comes off, I'll want to cough again. Um, uh, the the sort of slight shortness of breath again. It's more likely that I'll get the cold sweats again that night. Obviously, if it gets in these masks, you can't get it out. You can't clean, you can't, you just can't get it out. Get rid of those things. Disposable masks, if you gotta use them and go out and about, take them off, throw them away. Uh, because whatever it is, you just you can't get it out of there. It just seems that way to me. I'm washing them again right now. I, I you know, it's getting better. Maybe I can finally get it out of there and be okay. But that's one thing to say. Uh, but I just wanted to make it clear about how these things work and my experiences with this. Maybe it'll help you if you get it. This is not something really should be freaked out about based on what I've seen, um, based on all, what all the numbers say. We shouldn't be acting this way. Um, but it'll, it, the interesting thing is it's different. It's obviously different for everybody. Even the same strain can be very different for people, uh, just as evidenced by my family. We all had very different experiences. None of them 
close to the point where we should be hospitalized. Uh, certainly not me and my brother, and my father. It was it, we've had worse colds, we've had far worse flus. It's just it's weird in how it operates and how it sticks around, um, and how it it always seems to be like okay, you think you're over? Well, not quite. But you never feel bad. I felt bad like of a grand total of two or three days in this whole thing. And it wasn't even then, it wasn't like bad, bad. It's just like, ah, I don't feel good. I don't feel like doing anything. That's really the extent of it. And that was the extent of it really for my mother too, even though she had terrible joint pain. Um, you know, she, in some headaches, nobody ever reached the point where we couldn't breathe, where we had heart issues, where it was a severe thing. That just wasn't happening. Um... But the, the fear campaign continues, and this is only, look, you got to get this thing, we got to get over it. You're never going to wipe it off the face of the earth. If anybody tells you that, they're lying. That's not going to happen. That's like trying to say you're going to get rid of the flu or any number of the flu strains, which, again, doesn't happen. So we can't react this way when another set of cases pops up. We just can't. We can't keep doing that. Trust the vaccine if you want. I don't care. My recommendation, if you are uh, healthy and in relatively good condition, uh, and you're not elderly, and you're not an infant, uh, and get, just get this thing, move on, and get over it. It's over. It, really, build up the antibodies, do what you got to do. If it happens, it happens. I don't know what to tell you. You know, we really need to start building a spine again, getting a backbone back in this country because we've been cowed into submission, into believing that we're not going to survive this thing. You got people jumping away from me in lines, uh, acting like I have the plague, Perfectly healthy people who are not old and they're acting this way won't leave the house, won't touch anything without without sanitizer. This is insane. This all needs to stop. Had this thing, did it, got it, gun. Just who cares? Everybody I know who's who's had. I've, I know several people now. They all basically say the same thing. It's different for everybody, but it's, this is not a killer. It's a killer for certain people, just like all major diseases, just like all bad flus and pneumonias. That's what this is. Why we're freaking out over this particular one, I'm not really sure. Maybe because it's, I guess, more contagious. But I'll tell you, masks, highly questionable. It's questionable as to how we got this thing. Shouldn't have gotten it this, that way. We always, They always wore the mask. My father always wore the mask. The employee should not have been able to transfer it. To, uh, to my father at all or my brothers, and yet it happened. I understand how I got it. You know, we're, we're masked less at home when I visit my parents. So, so okay, I, I get it. But how come it didn't help before that? And how come they're not talking about, oh, if you've had this or have it, don't you dare wear a mask and keep wearing it because it's only going to get those germs back in your face. I have had this happen more than a few times in the past few weeks, and I know it's the mask. I don't know what else it could possibly be because it instant comes off and it's not in my head i understand there's a psychological element to this um but and it doesn't it's not like it makes you sick again it's not like the virus comes back and kills you again i mean working on antibodies this whole time so it just you just get a, a, a touch of it you know because whatever is embedded in that mask even breathing into it when you were sick is it's still there so throw that out get yourself one of the, some of those disposable masks or whatever and if you have to go somewhere use it and then throw it out and don't use it again i don't I really don't think you can wash it out uh, and that probably goes for, I don't know, a lot of different, if you're sick, you know, probably don't do, use it again, um, whatever it is. But anyway, I just wanted to get this out there, give you people a chance to hear somebody who's who's sort of gone, gone through this, and in some ways, I guess, still going through it. But again, understand what the media is doing. Understand the reality of the situation. Understand, not it's not a fake, it's not a hoax, it's not, well, it's real, but it's not 
to the level of what they're talking about. The fear and control campaign is very real. Uh, always remember this. Uh, yes, be safe, whatever, but just remember what it is. And don't forget that. You know, that's important. Um, to just embrace and, and don't be don't be so terrified of it. Comes back with a positive test and you're sick, okay. Chances are it's not going to be anywhere near what you think it's going to be or what they've been telling you it's going to be. It's not going to be that story of the one person who's very healthy and got and died of this in the entire damn country. And trust me, they're looking hard for these stories. It makes no sense to try and sell a headline where they say, oh, 99% of the people who get it are perfectly fine. No, that's not going to get any views. Yeah, anyway, I already went over that. So that's it for this week. I uh, appreciate you listening, and um, we'll get back probably to politics again next week. Oh, and again, rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. I am not, I, I, I only recently got into politics, you know, in the past few years. So I didn't, I'm not as familiar with him, but I understand his, um, his, his contributions to this country, and he, sh- he, he will be missed, and he should be respected. I say the same thing about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's not just because he's a conservative. I believe that people should be uh, rewarded for their achievements and should be respected for their accomplishments in this country. I don't agree with a lot of what RBG stood for. I understand that. But her accomplishments should not be diminished. I will not disrespect them, unlike the leftists who will disrespect Rush at every turn. Yeah, that's the difference between right wing and left wing right now. I will remind you. With that... I will see you again next week. Thank you.